0: We'd like to welcome you back to our current event and weekly Bible study for July 28, 2012. And continuing on with this article uh, written by uh, Fritz Springmeier, he said, I realized the government had placed their survival on a higher priority than the people they supposedly served. The rest of us sheeple were left here to die which is your tax dollars at work. This is the uh, was the, his first experience when he went to this diamond head um, and there was a uh, government installation, I guess, in this diamond head volcano, which was a facility in case they needed to flee from a nuclear holocaust. The American government secretly received a boost in their abilities to build underground cities when they brought over Xavier Dorsch in Project Paperclip. This is from the Nazi regime where we brought over the rocket scientists and uh, actually also covertly many of the uh, disgusting uh, MDs from the Nazi death camps. They were brought over as well. One of the guys they brought over was a guy named Xavier Dorsch in Project Paperclip. He was the head of the Nazis' TOT organization, which built some incredibly sophisticated underground cities. For the Nazis. So bear in mind this organization had actually built the Audubon for the Nazis. Which is their like road system. For the Nazis far in advance of our interstate system. The American and Russian governments have kept secret how sophisticated these underground cities actually were. Uh, For years... I had tried to track these deep underground military bases and their purposes, doing such things as traveling to Dulce, New Mexico. When I met Phil Schneider, who, there's a picture of him here on the left, who had worked on these bases, I was excited to compare my discoveries and information to his first-hand knowledge. We were able to share information several times until he was suicided the day before we were to meet again. So, it just so happens the day before Fritz Springmeier was supposed to meet Phil Schneider, he was suicided. Bill Schneider died on January 17, 1996, reportedly strangled by a catheter found wrapped around his own neck. Yeah, that happens all the time. People commit suicides by wrapping catheters around their own necks. I can understand hanging yourself, but you're telling me you're going to strangle yourself? (laughs) I mean, it's just its not going to happen, okay? Um, The bizarre death being dismissed by the authorities as suicide. In other words, he was killed, Okay. And they ruled it a suicide. It was just a bogus thing all around. If the circumstances of his death seem highly controversial, they are matched by the controversy over his public statements uttered shortly before his death. Phil Schneider was a self-taught geologist and explosive expert. Of the 129 deep underground facilities, Schneider believed the U.S. government had constructed since World War II. He claimed to have worked on 13 of these facilities. So going further here, two of these bases were major, including the much-rumored bio, bioengineered facility at Dulce, New Mexico. After Phil's murder, I placed my information on the American DUMB bases, meaning deep underground military bases, D-U-M-B, bases in my Deeper Insights book, in the middle of the book, between parts one and two. Different agencies have their own underground installations. That explains why there are so many. The NSA, the CIA, FEMA, Naval Intelligence, the Air Force, NORAD, and others all need their own secret underground bases. Some of the work with strategic reserves and nuclear activities, secret weapons, communications, computers, and hardened defense structures are legitimate activities for underground bases. And while others, things like genetic manipulation, cloning, it's a big one, Individual mind control, population control, and lethal ways to kill populations are also being um, you know, used in these underground bases. We have truly lost control over our government, if you will pardon the pun, and it's truly out of oversight. And here's a picture of Area 51 before they actually moved the fence back. I believe they moved the, the perimeter back two or three times, so you can't even actually take pictures of it anymore. Area 51, uh, which we see a picture of on the left here, if you're looking at the PDF, and the White Sands Missile Base in New Mexico have been large tracts of land where underground installations have allowed for exotic black ops research. Unfortunately, the information that leaks out does not sound good. These black ops are not projects for the public good. Many of them are downright scary. Some are bizarre, like keeping a severed human head alive. Now, you don't believe this? I just saw this video the other day. It... I'm not saying watch it. It will absolutely turn your stomach. Um, I put this link. I said, caution, extremely disturbing. 1940s Russian uh, head dog experiment. Living without a body. They cut this dog's head off. This was an experiment they did in Russia. And they... Put out this whole presentation on what a wonderful thing it was. They also drained a dog of all the blood in its body and like let it like sit there for I don't know how many minutes and then reintroduced blood back in and reanimated the thing. Then they cut a dog's head off and pumped blood into they had this contraption that pumped blood into the head and they were like doing this stuff like putting smells under its nose and and, and making loud noises and and the dog was reacting to the stuff. The head was. You talk about morbid, sick, gut-wrenching. And they were acting like, you know, it was was almost like a public, uh, you could tell at the time it was probably like something they released for the public to see. You know, this is how... The Wonders of Modern Medicine. I give you a link. I'm not saying watch it. Because there's really nothing inappropriate other than it's just beyond morbid. But I mean, they're like, they're like, you know, taking a hammer, hitting on the table, and, and the dog's like, his, his eyes are opening, he's like, I mean, we're talking some really, really, really sick, morbid stuff here. Mega, mega, mega. If they were able to do that, back in the, whenever this was filmed, 40s or 50s or whatever, this should be, what are they doing today in underground bases? And this is something they released to the public. That's my whole point. I mean, if you give Satan an inch, he'll take a mile, and Satan's the one that is in control of these projects and these people and these non-human entities like the Nephilim. He's in control. So you think that there's going to be anything that from a morality standpoint, where Satan will say, no, come on, we can't go that far. No, now you've crossed a line. No. There's nothing off-limits in Satan's twisted, perverted mind that he won't have his minions perform. And what better place than deep underground bases, miles underground, where nobody can hear their screams, Nobody can see what's going on. So, anyway, and instead of being U.S. government projects, many of the levels on these bases actually belong to the Illuminati and their secret world government. Beside vast tracts of land and sparsely populated regions, and and again, like Area, Area 51, you can't even get near the place. So not only is what's going on totally cordoned off, they don't even, like the government a lot of times, won't even admit these places exist, When they obviously do exist, people are getting flown in, bussed in, you can't even get near the facility, or you could literally be shot, and the government will deny it even exists. Huge tracts of land. And then, not only is the actual base itself being hidden, but then, obviously, what's going on underground can't be known. So, it's top secret. Uh, so what are these bases like? Some have facilities for growing food. Many are connected. Uh, spokes. Most of all of these are connected, these bases, through these uh, tunnels that we had described earlier, through these bullet-type bullet trains that they use. Um, some have facilities for growing food. Many are connected. Spokes link areas to other areas. High-tech camouflage and quick shutting entrances conceal concealed the entrances themselves. Witnesses claim non-human species actually inhabit the lower levels. My personal take on these things is that this is a modern day example of the Nephilim that were created by interbreeding in ancient times. Again, that's the whole kind of purpose of this teaching to kind of drive that or at least part of the purpose of this teaching to drive that point home to biblically reconcile the days of Noah with the days of the coming of the Son of Man. It's just that it's not as out in the open as it was in Noah's day. In Noah's day, they came down and they posed as gods. You know? Here we are, we rule over you, and here's our offspring, and they will rule over you. In fact, they will consume you. But they couldn't get away with that right off the bat in today's modern day age. So the whole alien thing was invented. Sci-fi during like the 50s and these types of things to start getting us conditioned to accept this. And then it's progressed to where the, where the movies are now. And then it's so evil now. We've, we've undergone so much conditioning. And the populace worldwide is so medicated and dumbed down. And, and, you know, they're putting chemtrails on. They're putting fluoride in the water, which burns out your your brain and chlorine. And all these things they're doing to us. They're, they're, they're setting us up to finally where these things can actually make their big debut where we will go from the age of Pisces into the dawning of the age of Aquarius, into the New World Order, where these ascended masters, or essentially, most likely, fallen angels in some type of, maybe, human-like form, will act as emissaries for Satan and usher in the New World Order. So this is where we're coming to. These things that are underground, the point I'm trying to make, pretty soon they're getting ready to make their big debut. I believe. And <clears throat> most people, including Christians, that would say that they were Christians, are going to be absolutely, totally terrified. Most likely. And this is why I'm trying to prepare you for these things. So let's go further here. Uh The same shivers that ran down my spine as a 10-year-old when I went into the underground city at Diamond Head Volcano near Honolulu continue today when I contemplate these bases and their uses. These bases are designed so the elite could survive a nuclear war or worldwide epidemic or nuclear natural disaster like an asteroid hit, reversal of the Earth's poles, or a galactic dust cloud, which they will allow us to endure while while they live safely. Whatever disaster they see coming, they are prepared. Now, I list many, many of my teachings that I've done on things that relate to the subject. I'll just name a few. Uh, One, and again, you can click on these links, it'll take you right to the audio, you can listen to it um, on the website. One of them is entitled UFOs, Aliens, Fallen Angels, Nephilim, and the Days of Noah. Then there's one, Strong Delusion, ETs, Aliens, UFOs, Nephilim, and the Grenada Treaty, which is that one I mentioned earlier. Uh, Another one, UFO, Alien Phenomenon, The Next Great Challenge for the Church. Which is a thing to think about. This is the next one of the next great challenges for the church. I mean, we're not going to be able to ignore it when this stuff starts coming out in the open, in whatever way Satan will manifest it. Alien UFO phenomenon. The next great challenge for the church. Now, coincidentally enough, that's the exact subject that Joel Osteen was preaching on today at his church in Texas. No, just kidding, sorry. Just a little joke there. Anyway, um... So then, the next one, The Return of the Nephilim, Hollywood Preparing the Way, Uh, Preparation for Alien UFO Deception in High Gear, Part 1, 2, 3, and 4. I did one not too long ago called Nephilim, the Sons of God, Fallen Angels, Demons, Evil Spirits, Tartarus, the Sons of Seth, Daughters of Cain, Augustine of Hippo, Thomas Aquinas, John Calvin, Warning, and Other Bible Study. So that was a two-part study I did on those subjects. So let's go further here. This next article is entitled, Underground Bases in Nephilim Are Real, uh, Insider Report. After reading, now this this is a lady who had read the document that I just went over by Fritz Springmeier. And she said, after reading Subterranean Secrets, which was the article I just referenced by Fritz Springmeier, I want to respond to some of the comments from your readers. Meaning there were some people that were giving feedback on the article I just read. And this lady says, "I know the topic about hybrids and nephilim seems pretty far out, but not so far out when in, when explained in terms that people of what people are actually accustomed to. From my lifetime as a former multi generational server, meaning she's a multi generational luciferian, essentially, this lady in that organization that has been working to implement the quote plan, which is pretty much what I just described by for the New World Order." I can tell you that large underground bases do exist and that many bizarre projects such as genetic experimentation and hybridization have taken place there for many years. This is just one other source. Again, I could turn this into a 20-part teaching if I wanted to. If you wanted to like, look at so many different sources okay, to, to confirm what we're talking about here. Just don't have that for time's sake. Now, I've done some teachings on this whole... Subject as well, uh, which I give you here again. uh, Transhumanism, vaccinations, DNA, and corrupting the seed of mankind. I've also done one on the star children, the indigo children, which I don't have that listed here, but you can access that one too. And then I've done a couple end time current events teaching where I got into this too. Anyway, I give you those links here. And that way, if you're reading along on a PDF or something, and you're like, you know, I'm just not... He mentioned something, but... I'm not either convinced or I need more information on that. You can click on the audio right there, and and a lot of times I'll do a dedicated study on one aspect of what we're talking about. So, this lady, who's this generational Luciferian, says, In reference to Jack's comment regarding his questioning on how so many people of such cities and underground facilities could remain quiet about them for so long, In other words, the guy says, oh, come on, if this was really going on, you'd have people coming out of the woodworks saying there's this and there's that. Well, there is a lot of people, okay, but most of them end up dead shortly thereafter if they start opening their mouth, or that's been the pattern, at least look what happened to Phil Schneider and many others, Um, and these are some other things to consider about why this isn't Broadly known, I mean, let's face it, the Illuminati controls the modern day mainstream media, they're going to do, and they have done things to totally suppress this type of information, so people that you know aren't aware of it. There are several other things to consider as well. Number one, first off, in the military and in the organization responsible for implementing the plan of the New World Order, no one is given such a responsibility unless he or she has been tested and found able to keep all activities and information secret. Two, some military bases contract out certain projects to civilian companies who hire non-military personnel who are given secret clearance only after they have passed various tests, one of which is to keep their work secret. My former husband worked on secret projects, yet he never divulged anything at all about the base or his work there. Another thing, too, they could say, well, we're going to kill your family if we find out you've talked at all. That by itself is going to shut most people up. If, and if they're a generational Luciferian working in there, they're working for something they want. They're not going to go and open their mouth. There's another thing to think about. Anyway, number, point three. There are people, quote, employed in the underground facilities who are there for their whole life. Meaning that's all they ever know. They're never going to get out. <laughs> There's a, you know, think about that. Number four. Something to keep in mind are the very real top secret programs that existed during World War II. That... That involved many people who were dedicated enough or fearful enough to keep it all secretive. Listen, I just watched a documentary long not too long ago on this World War II thing, on um, the whole Manhattan Project. How they had that whole town in Tennessee at Oak Ridge, Oak Ridge, Tennessee. It was consuming. I think was it like one. It was some unbelievable number. Like one eighth or one seventh or one sixth of all the power in America, one town was consuming that much electricity every day. And it was almost a total secret. And it was a whole town. Thousands of people worked there. And it was above ground. They were making, they were really refining their uranium that had to be used in the nuclear bomb. And then also, then they ended up getting plutonium. One of the nuclear bombs they dropped, I think the first one was Little Boy, uh, dropped it on uh, Hiroshima, and that one was, I think that was uranium-based nuclear. And then the one that they dropped on Nagasaki was called Fat Man, and um, it was uh, plutonium-based. But there, this is where they were re- refining the uranium, which was an unbelievably painstaking, really expensive, time-consuming, um, power-consuming project. But yet, they were able to pretty much keep that a secret during World War II. And these were people that weren't even, you know, like, if you're going to be in an underground base, that's a whole other level of clearance. That's a whole other level of people they would probably even select to do those types of things. So, it, it has been done in times past, on a large scale. So, let's go further. Uh, she, she goes on to say, my former father-in-law was a codebreaker at a secret location known as, quote, the farm. The reality to all that, to all at the farm, was that if there was a breach in secrecy, the whole farm and all the inhabitants would be blown sky high in an instant meaning they were willing to kill everybody there if there was a breach in secrecy. So everybody better keep their mouth shut. Another former friend of mine, a retired nuclear physicist, also spent time at, quote, the farm, was also assigned to work on the H-bomb project at Los Alamos. He, too, has remained silent concerning his work. To this very day, the details of the operations at those two places, the farm in Los Alamos, have remained obscure due to enforcers who make sure that the general public never receives the truth and does not believe the truth even if it's told. In other words, disinformation specialists. Many people are talking about the Nephilim, but they, are, but they are ready to believe that the Nephilim are a reality. Okay, many people are talking about the Nephilim, but, but are they ready to believe that the Nephilim are a reality? You know, talking about the Nephilim and actually getting ready to believe they're a reality are two different things in other words. What if someone came forth to say that they know for a fact that the Nephilim are real, would this person be believed? Consider this, just because you can't see it, just because you can't hear it, does not mean it does not exist. Dogs are able to hear frequencies that are not audible to our human ears. The earth looks flat, but it isn't. In the physical world, there are gases we do not see, but do exist. There are radio waves, microwaves, and other frequencies that we do not see or hear, but they do exist. Much of what we do not understand today is not because we are not intelligent enough to understand it, or that we are not spiritually evolved enough, or that we are not spiritually evolved enough to grasp it. Okay, but nevertheless, it exists and I have a few Bible verses here, John three nineteen through 21 and this is the condemnation that light is come into the world, and men loved darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds be reproved. Now, think of these underground bases that's done in the dark recesses of the planet. You know, where there's no sunlight, there's no, there's nothing on this. And these entities that control these bases love darkness rather than light, because their deeds are evil. It's just kind of an example, uh, uh, um, an analogy there. So, but he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. Going back to the article, it says, The simple truth is we lack the necessary information for proper analysis of the subject. The information does exist and can be proven and soon will be given to the world, but it will be given in a perverted form to support a particular agenda. Now this is a generational Luciferian saying this. She's even saying it's going to be prevented, presented in a perverted form to support a particular agenda. Like the whole thing I said about how the Ascended Masters coming and we're here to be your buddies and there's these bad aliens and there's good aliens and we've got all this wonderful technology for you and we know you got World War Three going on over here and we know you we, you, you got all these problems and your planet's in a total state of chaos and we're going to help you out with all that. But, you know, there's going to be some sacrifices on your part you're going to have to make as well, you know. So... Let's go further here. Uh, The agenda, this perverted agenda, that a physical hierarchy of powers, of power serves an organization called the Illuminati. Have you ever had this experience? You were traveling and as you enter a large city, you cannot help but sense an air of evil hanging like a blanket over that city. I can totally relate to that. The the city I've felt most that way about is Miami. When, I mean, even when I was unsaved, I felt that way about that city. I couldn't even stand getting near the city, even on the outskirts of it. I was like, man, I do not want to be here. Get me out of here. I don't like this place. It is evil. Well, it's it's literally, you're sensing, you know, the demonic, almost domination over an actual area. You're sensing these princes and principalities and rulers of wickedness in high place and, and the, and the, and the uh, power that they have over a given area because of all the, the, uh, the sin and the witchcraft that's been committed there. A lot of it's that. Not all of it, but a lot of it is. Then she goes on to say, you don't see it, but you can feel it. Actually, you may not have been imagining it. Just as we have mayors and government officials in the physical world, there are supernatural principalities assigned to specific regions to serve the agenda of an organized governing power. Some know this power as the kingdom of darkness. Ephesians 6.11, and I know I I talked about this earlier, but I'm just going to read these verses. Put on the whole armor of God. That ye be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Uh, 2 Corinthians 10.3 For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. These are like demonic, fallen angelic strongholds. And then the next verse, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every every thought to the obedience of Christ. Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Jeremiah 23, 29 is not my word like as a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces. Now those are some good words, uh, good verses to commit to memory, uh, especially regarding the battle that's ahead. If you sense the world is not the same as it was 20 or 30 years ago, this is back to the main article, that there seems to be a heavier and more evil presence in general, you're not imagining that. There is indeed a heavier presence here on earth. It is for the purpose of the very last stage of, quote, the plan. In this last stage, the supernatural is being combined with the physical, which will c- accumulate in a spiritual global world order. Huh, the supernatural is being combined with the physical, like they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men, but they shall not cleave. Like as it was in the days of Noah, when the sons of God saw the daughters of men and they bore them giants. Kind of sounds very similar, you know, combining the supernatural with the physical. Hmm. When Daniel was finishing interpreting Nebuchadnezzar's dream, now I added this in. He said, and "This is this relates to this, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the whole. I'm going to give you five verses instead of just the one verse. This is when he was interpreting Nebuchadnezzar's dream, okay, of the of the statue with the head of gold and that type of thing, okay." And whereas thou sawest the feet and the toes, part of potter's clay and part of iron. Now this is the last part Daniel's interpreting. The kingdom shall be divided. Now this is the day and times we're going into right now. The kingdom shall be divided, and there shall be in it of the strength of iron, for as much as thou sawest iron mixed with miry clay. And as the toes of the feet were part iron and part clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly broken. Okay, so the ten toes of Daniel, which will be representative of the ten kings of the coming Antichrist reign, okay, during that, during the Antichrist reign, it's going to be partly strong and partly broken, it's saying. And whereas thou sawst iron mixed with miry clay, they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men, but they shall not cleave to one another, even as iron is not mixed with clay. And in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom. Now this is after, essentially, right after the ten toes, okay, and in the days of these kings shall God of heaven set up a kingdom. Now this is going to be literally starting at the end of the tribulation when Jesus Christ comes back on a white horse at Armageddon with the saints to wipe out the wicked at Armageddon. Okay, This is when it basically starts. Uh, the kingdom... The, and in the days of the kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed and the kingdom shall not be left to other people. Meaning God's going to rule over it. This thousand year millennial reign of Christ is what we're in reference to here. But it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms and it shall stand forever. For as much as thou sawest that the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, that's always in reference to Jesus Christ when you see that phrase. The stone cut out of the mountains without hands and and that it break in pieces the iron, the brass, the clay, the silver, and the gold. Meaning the whole statue that Nebuchadnezzar had been shown in a dream, that Daniel was interpreting, all those kingdoms, okay, with that Nebuchadnezzar, and Medo-Persia, and the Roman, and, and all those other things, the stone that was cut out of the mountains without hands, Jesus Christ, is going to come at the end, and break that whole statue down, and he is going to rule for a thousand years, at least a thousand year millennial reign of Christ, on earth, okay, um, The great God hath made known to the king of what shall come to pass thereafter, and the dream is certain, and the interpretation thereof is sure. So that's, I just kind of wanted to read that whole thing to kind of relate it truly to the end times that we're living in, and what we're actually on the cusp of. So, many people, going back to the article, many people who don't believe in the supernatural, or superhumans, or extraterrestrials, will soon believe. This agenda is part of the, quote, plan, a plan that was authored many centuries ago. A plan that my family bloodline has served for many generations. You have to understand these Luciferian bloodline Satanists. They've been they've been planted for this for generation after generation after generation. They've been very patient. Okay, so this isn't something that just happened last Wednesday, essentially. Uh, right, and then she goes on to say, while many know God's end time plan. I have known and served the plan that is contrary to all that is of a holy, just, and righteous creator. So this is somebody on the other side saying, I know Satan's plan. And I see how it parallels with what God, with what the Bible says. But see, Lucifer has his plan. And that's the side I've actually served. She's not doing it now, but she did for a long time. Everything I share is from my personal experience, unless I state otherwise. What I will be sharing is probably different than anything you have heard. Many of you will not believe, at least at first. The idea of Nephilim is the composite of hybridization. Not only that of a physical DNA, but of a spiritual hybridization. I mean, think about it. You can't have some hybrid, let's say... Okay, let's just go back to Noah's day. Okay, you cannot have a fallen angel coming out procreating with a woman and not affecting that giant. Okay, that giant is of a corrupted seed line. Therefore, it will be corrupted spiritually. Jesus Christ did not come back and and sacrifice himself on the cross and, and, and you know with the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ to save our souls. He didn't do that to save Nephilim. To save a corrupted seed line. They're excluded from that. Satan was trying to corrupt the seed line so nobody could get saved. Because he knew Jesus would come eventually. Anyway, let's go further. Uh... The idea of a Nephilim is the composite of hybridization, not only that of a physical DNA, but that of a spiritual hybridization, the combining of human DNA and the spirit with that of another spirit creation that does not appear to us to exist on this physical earth. Um, Now, I put a comment in here. One source put it this way, because I get this question a lot about the whole alien thing. One source put it this way. Evidence is beginning to mount that many of the human and animal organs from mutilation victims are being used in the construction of physical, biological life forms that can be, quote, possessed by an insidious group of spirits or supernatural, non-physical entities, a.k.a. what they refer to as the infernals. Okay? So all these people for all these years where these cattle get mutilated and and people get abducted and they're found and they've got, like, there's organs removed and all these horrific things done to them, particularly reproductive areas. Well, what are those body parts being used for? Well, they're saying here they're used, at least in part, for the construction of these physical biological forms which can be then possessed by a spirit, an evil spirit, Okay. which would ex- explain things like gray aliens and other things that have been cited. Okay. I'm not saying that's the absolute you know, total truth, but I think there's a component of truth there. And then it goes on to say, the Leading Edge magazine for March 1990 quoted one inside source as saying that, quote, these beings need a physical presence and generate biological structures that function as containers for them. In other words, they need a physical body. They've got this demon or devil that needs to have a literal physical body so it can actually manipulate things on a physical plane. can't be like a ghost going around where, where you know, even, even if you watch some of these shows with these ghosts in them, which are nothing more than, than familiar spirits that have been disembodied. That's all they are. Um, and familiar spirits are mentioned in the Bible. All they are is devils. They aren't the person that walked on the earth if you start to buy into any of that garbage, then you might as well just throw the Bible right out because the Bible says that we either go to heaven or hell. Okay? It is appointed unto man once to die, and after this, the judgment. I mean, we don't get reincarnated, we don't get to come back. And a lot of times, these evil spirits that are in these things, and these paranormal investigators come, and they're like, well, we just felt as though... We needed to send the evil spirit to the light where he could cross over. And we facilitated that process by burning sage and bringing in a Catholic priest and bringing in a medium, a witch, so that she could help facilitate that process. Oh, so wicked, evil spirits go to heaven too. They go toward the light. You might as well just throw the whole Bible. And you know there's many people that will go to hell because they buy hook, line, and sinker into the whole ghost stuff. It's totally contrary to the Word of God. It's All it is is a satanic parlor trick. Well, how do they know about if they're not the real people, if they're not real ghosts of the real spirits, then how do they know about the person that's doing, that did all these wicked things that lived at the property hundreds of years ago? Because they are what they call familiar spirits. They indwelt the flesh of that person that lived there 200, 150, 10 years ago. They knew all of his actions. They knew how to imitate him. They can manifest. They can even look like him. They can talk like him. And that's why when you go to a seance and you talk to dear uncle uh, Jed or whatever, and and you know, the psychic medium all of a sudden starts talking like Uncle Jed and doing all the inflections of Uncle Jed, it's his familiar spirit. Jed's in hell, most likely, unless he was saved. And I don't think there's a lot of people that, you know, if it was a wicked person, in other words, it's not going to be somebody that's saved, okay? Because they're going to produce a different fruit than wickedness, obviously, if they're really saved. Anyway, that's the whole thing with ghosts. They're not, go- they're not disembodied. They're, they're disembodied familiar devils and demons, is what they are. They're not the spirit of the person. But, I mean, how much has Hollywood put into that one to brainwash people? All these shows, you know, medium, charmed, all these witch shows that, that supposedly... and all these paranormal investigator teams that go around supposedly doing all this good. All they're doing is deceiving and lying and brainwashing. And a lot of times they'll combine things like they'll do some Bible with, with praying to Mary and then they'll have the rosary beads and then they'll get their psychic medium and then they'll burn their sage. I mean, it's like some pagan heathen hodgepodge of garbage in order to exercise the spirit and let him cross over to the other side. It's garbage! The whole near-death experience is the same thing. Where, oh, if you got wicked, i say people, I saw the light, and all my people, you know, oh, I guess there's no heaven or hell. Or everybody just goes to heaven. I did a whole teaching on that, just key near-death, or the word death in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. You gotta be, I mean, it's good to be educated about these things, because most Christians have no answer for these subjects at all. You know, so... Reading the last part of this again from this comment. These beings, meaning just something like a typical gray alien, for instance, okay. These beings need a physical presence and generate biological structures that function as containers for them. The quote, aliens manufacture containers for themselves, fabricate their own bodies using biologicals gained from the human and cattle mutilations. I think that might answer some people's questions about what might be going on here. Can I be totally dogmatic about that? No, I wasn't taken aboard the, the mothership lately. I mean, you know, I'm still waiting for my 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 ticket to come in the mail so I can get on the mothership, but I haven't. So I'm I'm, I'm at a disadvantage. I, I got my ticket the other day. Oh, Taylor said I got my ticket. Okay, good. I like to go in there and rebuke every one of those devils. Anyway, um, so going further. Uh, just because our eyes do not normally see this other spirit creation does not mean that it does not exist, nor does it mean that it cannot sometimes manifest or even procreate. Well, angels, you wouldn't think they could procreate, but they sure did. <laughs> you know? I know the Bible says that, that we're, the angels are, are neither married or given to marriage. That doesn't mean they can't procreate, though. Never said that. They were, they were leaving their abode, their first estate, to do something wicked they should have never been doing. That's why the judgment was so great on them. Uh, So it is all a matter of of one having the missing data for one to understand this possibility. Uh, Someone recently asked me if in my lifetime I have witnessed supernatural manifestations or ritual magic. Now this is the the generational Luciferian lady. My first thought was yes, every day. In other words, has she ever seen supernatural manifestations or ritual magic? Her answer was, my first thought was yes, every day from as long as I can remember. Imagine if you grew up that way, and that's all you ever knew. Oh yeah, here's Mr. Devil Boy, he's manifesting again, and here's Mom doing her ritual magic, invoking whatever. It's just normal, commonplace stuff. It's like my everyday life. All American, you know, apple pie, Chevrolet, the whole nine yards. Anyway, so um, my first thought was, yes, every day, from as long as I can remember, for the entire duration that I worked for the powers of darkness. So in other words, it was a total reality. Day and night, just about. The topic of the Nephilim is only one small part of my life experiences of serving in what I call "quote the organization." The project of creating physical bodies for a dark spiritual hierarchy is real. It was real enough and disturbing enough for me that I gave up my entire life, my identity, and all that I, all that I and my family believed in and had worked for for all these years. And in other words, I think to get out. So. The project of creating these composites, these human hybrid alien composites or whatever, Nephilim, is literally where the supernatural evil rubber meets the physical road. So, if the world feels more evil today than it did 20 or 30 years ago, you're not imagining it. The presence of evil on this earth has been stepped up for the last phase of, quote, the plan. This presence is greater than a supernatural evil presence may one sense but not see. But now we have among us evil representatives in physical forms that do indeed look human, but are not. See that? Let me read that again. But now we have among us evil representatives in physical forms that do indeed look human, but are not. What was that show, um, They Live? That's the whole premise of that show. The guy put on these happened to be a Christian that had had the glasses, put on glasses and he could see these things for what they really were. And she's saying these things, they walk among us. The Nephilim literally walk among us. We're just not aware of them. There's going to come a day when they're going to just manifest into what they really are. I really believe those days are coming. And if we believe what Jesus Christ said, as it was in the days of Noah, well, they weren't hiding it in that day. It wasn't a shock to see a giant walking around or one of these Nephilim things. But it's taken a lot longer to condition humanity in the day and age we're living in so that they can lead up to the point where these things actually will be manifesting. So, I'm telling you, it's coming. And you need to be spiritually prepared. Because I don't think you're, you're going to be able to fight these things. Um, yeah, they might be able to be killed, but I don't think that's what the body of Christ is going to be primarily called to. Is is you know, waging you know, fifty caliber war with with like a, a giant or whatever. They're gonna they're gonna um, have far probably greater weaponry. We need to literally re- rely on the sword of the spirit, and you know, which is the word of God and, and the full armor of God and, and the faith that that the Lord's. You know, the Bible says he's appointed every man a measure of faith. If you don't think your faith's great enough, ask for more. The Bible says to ask for more. You know, if you don't feel it's there where it needs to be, and ask for more. You know. I don't think that's a wicked thing to ask for, more faith. So obviously it's not. So anyway, let's go further. They are a combination of human and supernatural that are able to operate in both realms. Hmm, I know that at face value it sounds like fantasy, but in time you'll be shown that it's not fantasy at all. See, I don't understand all the nuances of this. Okay, I don't understand how they could operate in both realms, meaning they could literally dematerialize. But I've heard too many accounts of like, like gray aliens coming and they literally come through the walls. But then all of a sudden they're grabbing you like they have physical form. It's tough to be real dogmatic about that. Here's all I need to know. They're wicked. They're evil. They need to be rebuked in the name of Jesus Christ. Plead the blood of Jesus Christ against them. You know? I mean, call upon God's angels to war against them. Make sure you got the full armor of God on. Make sure the King James Bible's playing in your house 24-7, preferably the book of Revelation, in at least one part of your house. Have a Bible in every single room and with you in the car when you go out. These are all things I do. I mean, I don't have no holy water either. I, I, I love the, the holy water. That, that's real biblical, yeah. I see that all, the, the holy water's all over the Bible. I mean, all these pagan things that the Catholics do with the rosary beads, which are nothing more than a knockoff of the Hindu prayer beads. That's where they got those things from. And they're calling no, no, just rely on, on, on the word of God and the things I've said. You know, so, you um, praying and fasting prior to going to battle, hugely important. You know, confessing all your sins. and You know, obviously living as uh, a sin-free life as possible to do battle. Uh, you could go on and on and on about different things that that can be done. Um, but imprecatory in, in prayers as well, like Psalm 64, prior to going into the battle. I just think it's going to get real, real. <laughs> uh, could be very shortly. I never know when, you know, I really believe when this stuff starts to really go down, it's going to happen very quickly. And when that stuff starts to go down, these types of ministries like I have are going to be offline. They're, they're going to shut down the internet. And we're not going to have access to these things. So um, if you're new to this ministry and you don't you know know, and, and, and you're trying to get up to speed, you might want to get one of those USB thumb drives. I'm not trying to sell anything. I'm just saying it's got all my teachings on one thing and you can just... Go to ContendingForTruth.com, scan down the right-hand side, and you'll see a little picture of the thumb drive for the computer. And it has all my teachings on there. Plus, it has a whole bunch of other stuff on there that Paul's put on there. So you can get those and and at least have my teachings in one spot. Uh, You might want to wrap it in tinfoil, uh, triple wrap it or something, in case we get hit with an EMP blast. I don't know, know. They're probably going to be vulnerable to that. But anyway... Anything, like I said, you have that ele- of electronics nature, you might want to start thinking about EMP-proofing EMP those things. Uh, let's go further here. Uh, here's another comment from a guy that she's responding to, and it says, Let me add that I have an ex-stepson that his mother and I put through one year of college. He, le- he met a young man around his age at college who had been living more or less naturally off the land and alone in the mountains for some time. Turns out this guy was the son... Of a really high powered money people in this country and in the world, he related to my stepson that he basically ran away from all those riches and eventually took and eventually told him why. he said his father was grooming him to enter the business and to take it over. He was invited to a business meeting that took place in a huge room at a United Nations building in New York, which is where they have the main United Nations building, uh, where that long table sits that is often seen in pictures of the United Nations. The guy swore of the following. His father seated him in the, what well, he referred to as the peanut gallery, to watch the proceedings of the meetings. And in other words, it was like an area overlooking the meetings. Those attending were some of the top world sh- uh, movers and shakers in the world. David Rockefeller was seated at one end on a long table, the high movers, including the fellow's father, on each side of the chair, and then the other end was actually empty. When all were ready, these people who rule our daily lives through economics, financial, political arenas, etc., began a chant, which resulted in, essentially, Satan materializing in the last empty chair at the very end. Now, this is not the first time I've heard this. i heard that the the, uh, Rockefellers, which are really the highest level Illuminati family, same thing happens with them, when they eat dinner every night, essentially. They get their marching orders. No, think about it. You could say, oh, no, you really stepped over the line. Well, hold on. If Satan is the prince and power of the air, and, and you know he's controlling these families and these types of things, don't you think they would get their marching orders directly from Satan? Why would that be such a, a thing that you couldn't comprehend, that Satan would literally manifest at a meeting to discuss his plans? And he's only going to meet with the top-level people because they're going to issue orders that are going to trickle down. Those are the people that he's going to be, because they're the they're the um, they're at the highest levels. They're calling the shots, and Satan's going to want to make sure that they're getting the shots right according to his agenda. So I don't think any of that should really baffle us, you know. So. um... Then he went on to say, after which was held an actual business meeting. My stepson of reasonable intelligence was convinced that this young man was neither nuts nor him, but totally sincere. See, this is why I go over this stuff as well, because, I mean, I'm telling you, this stuff rings true. From my research over the years, nothing I'm reading you here is like, well, I don't know. I've, I've heard this many, many times from different sources, these types of things. This puts everything that goes on in a totally different perspective. Who would be better to know how to destroy the world economically and spiritually in every other way than Satan. Who better? What type of person would go along with it? Those that know that evil supernatural exists and are given over to serving Satan, obviously. Frankly, my reaction would be similar to the son's: Get as far away from it as possible. But obviously, in other words, this was the turning point for the son. He was being set up to take over his dad's business. And then he saw good old Satan manifest at one one end of the uh, UN, United Nations table. And he's like, I'm out of here. The kid had some sense, you know, because he saw, you know, the prince of darkness here literally manifest. So he was like he had some sense. I hope, pray to God, he gets saved. Uh, Anyway, frankly, my reaction would be similar to the sons get as far away as possible. But obviously, there are plenty of people in the world who are willing to serve Satan for temporary worldly gain, such as his father was. Uh, then he goes on to say, "I serviced the vending machines at a California prison for some time and met there an inmate who had been a devil worshiper and in prison because he and others were caught pulling people off the street into a van, killing them and doing things like eating their hearts while they were still beating um, as a way to serve the devil, which is something that happens is what they do you know i 've reported on this over and over when I asked him why uh, why he would do such a thing." Sorry, I was just editing something there. Why he would do such a thing. He said, quote, you wouldn't believe the money, the positions, the women, whatever you wanted. That was his quote. But of course, it was all short-lived because he was in prison. So, I mean, people will, people do it all the time. I mean, to to, to get into the rock industry and these, to go to any kind of level, you pretty much have to serve, uh, make some type of deal with the devil, literally. You know, I've talked a lot about that, too. And I've talked a lot about this human sacrifice aspect of it. And and again, that teaching I did not too long ago about what goes on in the uh, the mountains of Asheville, uh, North Carolina, and that area, and and the uh, satanic sacrifices. I gave you that teaching. I gave you here my teaching on Halloween, human sacrifice, Stonehenge and the Wicker Man. Uh, And then also Massacre of Innocence, the Occult Roots of Abortion, which is also related to that. So let's go further. According to the way most learned students of biblical prophecy see our times, now is the time when the devil is unchained and loosed upon the earth to seduce as many souls as he can. Certainly seems true with the things we see unfolding. Kind of rules out fence straddling, doesn't it? (laughs) Yeah, it really does. If you take the trouble to go to Carolyn Hamlet's website and do a little research you will discover that the last phase of quote the plan to take the world to take the world over is pretty simple and directly in line with Christian prophecy the plan is to show Lucifer in all his great and overwhelming splendor to the world as Jesus Christ or the God of any other religion for those particular believers think about that that's the goal show Lucifer in this great overwhelming splendor to the world as your awaited Savior. To the Christians, it's Jesus Christ. Okay. To the Buddhist, it's the fifth Buddha. To the Hindus, it's the Krishna. To the Jews, the Messiah. To Islam, it's Imam Mahdi. Okay. That's their goal. That's why I've harped on that so in so many teachings, and why I've done all those teachings on Maitreya. I'm not saying is the Antichrist, but he's claiming to be all those things. And he's United Nations sponsored. Weren't we just talking about the United Nations? And he's the only one sponsored by the United Nations. They put up his website, Sharon International, originally, years ago. Huh. He's the one that Alice Bailey and Adam, and Adam Blavatsky and all these high-level occultists wrote, you know, intricately had experiences with and wrote books about and stuff. Hmm. Right, maybe he's not. He's going to have probably some part in it, though. Anyway, I listed the teachings I've done on Maitreya, at least five of them. One of them is called Maitreya in Master Jesus, who is also known as Esau, Emmanuel, Sananda. This is the New Age Jesus that looks like all the pictures of Jesus that the Catholic Church gave us. It's not the real Jesus in the Bible. Okay, It's the New Age Ascended Master version. And then... Lord Maitreya, is he the Antichrist? And then Lord Maitreya, the Antichrist, continued. Then the United Nations, Lucius Trust, World Goodwill, Earth Charter, and Maitreya. And then Mars, Lord Maitreya, and the Ascended Masters and Strong Delusion. You can click on any of those and hear those if you like. So, um, most will believe instantly that God has finally come to rule the planet personally and will cooperate more than fully as a result. Especially when he looks just like all the false Catholic Jesus pictures exactly uninformed christian and catholic non-thinkers will be ecstatic and never question the possibility of this fraud for a second for, from one aspect alone what he looks like well he's he's the guy in the picture on my wall that's him i don't care what he says i'll believe it well that's what he's exactly what he's going to do because he's going to say you know what yes i'm jesus christ of the bible but you got my word of god all wrong you got it so wrong and man's messed it up. And as a result, I need to reinterpret the word of God for you because you're really deluded and deceived about this. Just trust me because the way I look, even though everything I'm going to tell you right now is going to totally contradict the word of God. And you know how many millions are going to buy into that hook, line, and sinker? Does the Bible mention that this delusion that you're describing is going to happen in the end times? It sure does. Where? Well, let's look. Let's look at some Bible verses regarding that whole subject. Matthew twenty four twenty three. If any man shall say unto you, lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not. For there shall arise many false Christs and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders insomuch that if it were possible, they, these false Christs, these false prophets, they shall deceive the very elect, if it were possible. So don't ever think that you're above being deceived, because that's pride. And when you start thinking that, then you're totally opened up for deception. So what's what's the remedy for pride? Humility. Well, I don't feel humble. We'll pray for it because God can give it to you. Um, might not be fun, but He'll give it to you. Anyway, uh, let's go further. Hosea four six: My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee. I mean, honestly, think about it. If you were hearing this study for the first time as a, as a let's say a born again Christian, do you think it's kind of important what I'm going over today, or is it just some stupid, superfluous, dumb issue that won't have any bearing on my on my immediate future? Ah, you know, you don't need to know this stuff. You're fine. I'm not saying God can't show you, but don't you, can you see the spiritual implications of not knowing this information? Do you think it's possible that for a lot of people, because they don't know this information, I I mean, I mentioned a lot of stuff today. It's not like one thing I covered. And I'm not saying that to brag. I'm just saying, if it was me or anyone else saying it, it's kind of important. Okay? We're dealing with things that could be in our face in the very near, immediate future that have massive spiritual implications that are going to take millions upon millions of people to hell. Pretty important to me, I would think. Well, anyway, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee. That thou shalt be a priest to me, that thou shalt be no priest to me, seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. So, as the... Heads of our household, okay? This is going to have a, a direct effect on your family as well. The implication is there. If you're rejecting real knowledge, God's trying to show you and clue you into. Second Thessalonians 2.1 Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, so this is what we're talking about. We're, the whole context of 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 is talking about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but more specifically, the things leading up to that coming. Okay? By the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and by our gathering together unto him. This is in reference to the rapture, whether you believe in pre, mid, or post. This is what it's in reference to. By our gathering, the body of Christ gathering together unto him. Okay? That ye be not soon shaken in mind, or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us, as the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means. That For that day, meaning Jesus Christ coming and our gathering together in him, that day shall not come except there come a falling away first. What is that falling away? Well, it's translated from the word apost- apostasia. A- apostasia? Uh, Strong's uh, number G-646. What does the word mean? It means a falling away, a defection or apostasy. This is a falling away of the church. This is what we're seeing today. This is why we got Smiley Joel Osteen, you know, preaching his lukewarm, pro-homosexual feel-good gospel. And we got good old Benny Hinn going over here doing all kind of lying signs and wonder jazz, which probably isn't even that. And so much rank blasphemy going on in the church. I sent out a video the other day on, on this guy doing the Thriller. He had his, the Thriller dance for Michael Jackson in the church and saying that whenever dead man walk, it has to be the breath of God. And he was comparing, and they had all these church people up there literally doing the Thriller, Michael Jackson Thriller dance, and they were all like the army of the dead, essentially. And he was comparing that to... <laughs> it was just... I, I couldn't even believe when I was watching the guy looked totally demon possessed. The, the preacher, I mean, his eyes were bugging out of his head. He, I mean, I mean, he he needs to seriously switch to Sanka or something because I mean, go go to decaf because that guy was like, he was he was not looking right. Of course, I don't think that'll get the demons out of him, but anyway, um, yeah. So we got this falling away of the church that's real obvious. Okay, you got the church yoked up with the government. they the five hundred one C three corporate status. They're they're right on the. The, the same train for the new for the one world religion that's coming. They're going to either have to get off at some point because the the world church is going to be this corporate church. It's going to be a governmental corporate church. This is just the state one of the stages for it. It's obviously the church is on their way to that. So you got the falling away first, and then the next part of the verse, and that man of sin be revealed. The man of sin will be revealed after the falling away. Not to say the falling away won't continue to occur. But we're already seeing the falling away. That's obvious. Well, the next thing on the timetable is for the man of sin, the Antichrist, to be revealed. The son of perdition. Well, that could happen, you know, basically any time. So, let's go to the next verse. Verse 4. Who opposeth, meaning the Antichrist, the, the, the son of perdition, the man of sin, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. This is when he goes into the temple, and the Bible talks about this in Matthew 24, It was when he goes into the rebuilt Jewish temple at the midpoint of the seven-year tribulation, and I've done a whole teaching on that the tribulation is obviously seven years. I mean, I had never even heard this three-and-a-half-year thing. Until recently. And now all, all these people are talking like, oh, it's three and a half years. I'm like, no, it's not. It's so easy, easily biblical to prove that. Just key in the word tribulation in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. It's seven years. It's not three and a half. It doesn't make any sense from a biblical standpoint. And I take you to the Bible verses. I uh, did the whole thing about Gog Magog, too. I, I get into that as well. If you think that that's gonna, coming up, it's not. That's not even coming until the end of the thousand-year millennial reign of Christ. The Gog Magog war very, very unbelievably in-your-face, obviously, scriptural, that it's not coming to the end of the thousand-year tribulation, or thousand-year millennial reign of Christ. Anyway. It's just a lot of things that are being taught now, as just matter of fact, that are like, whoa, you... <laughs> Biblically speaking, that's not what's going to happen. Anyway, um, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God um, or that is worshipped, so that he, as God, sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. That's the abomination of desolation that occurs at the midpoint, three and a half years into the seven year tribulation. That's when the great tribulation starts. Now, next verse, or actually verse 7. For the mystery of iniquity, iniquity being like sin, the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. This is in reference to a restraining force. Some people say it's the Holy Spirit. Very well could be. Um, only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. I had one guy email me, or getting in all these mean debates with me, and say that he told me he was the restrainer of... Uh, Second Thessalonians, two verse seven. <laughs> he also said he was Michael the archangel, and uh, uh, he was also the one of the witnesses at the end of the tribulation too. He's one of the two witnesses, yeah. So, and no, no shortage of ego there. Anyway, um, but uh, <laughs> so only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. Okay, when this re- restraining force is removed from the planet. Next verse, verse 8. And then shall that wicked capital W meaning the antichrist, the man of sin, the son of perdition, then that wicked shall be revealed. That's when we're all going to know, we're going to see the antichrist's big debut. Okay? Whom the Lord shall and and it shall mean it's he's ultimately the Lord's going to ultimately consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Okay? It's not going to happen right then when he's revealed though. It's going to happen you know, basically at the end of the tribulation when the Lord comes back at the Battle of Armageddon. Anyway, verse 9: even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. Now that's how they're going to deceive the whole world. The Antichrist and the false prophet, the Bible says this on several occasions, that they're going to deceive the whole world through, you know, signs and lying wonders and in power and miracles. They're going to deceive the whole world. So if you're into signs and wonders and miracles, you better you better line up with the Word of God because that's not the thing we need to be chasing after. Jesus Christ said, "A wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign." So we that's not what we want to be basing things off. We want to be basing it off the Word of God. That's it. Okay, compare it with Scripture. So, but a lot of people are going to buy it hook, line, and sinker just because it's going to look real powerful. All these things he's going to do. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because, because they received not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this cause, God, God's doing this. God shall send them strong delusion, that they should believe a lie. That they might all be damned who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. And this whole thing leading up to the Antichrist and his big debut that we've been talking about and all this stuff, this is part of the strong delusion. When the Antichrist is revealed, that's part of God's strong delusion. So you don't want to get caught up in the strong delusion, obviously, because you don't want to go to hell. I mean, that's the spiritual implication here. That they should believe a lie. That they might all be damned to believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. So it's very important to be educated and and to know what's going on in regard to the end times so that you're not caught up in the strong delusion. It's a big reason why this ministry exists to prevent that from happening. So I'm going to go ahead and kind of end on some I had a some positive feedback regarding kind of ending in like a positive note scripturally. And so I'm just going to give some verses on, basically on the Lord Jesus Christ today to end. Romans 5, 8-10 through 10, But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. For much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. We're justified through the blood of Jesus Christ. It's very important you understand that. For if... When we, were, when we were enemies, meaning when we were unsaved, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Um, Titus 3.5 Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us. So anybody that's in all these pseudo-Christian cults that think they're earning their way to heaven, I'm not saying once you're saved, you're not going to produce works. Okay, You can show someone your faith by your works, but it can't be the cart before the horse. Okay, Works, if you think you're working your way to heaven like the Catholics, oh, I'm keeping all the seven sacraments, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And they're worshiping, and this is another gospel. Okay, So, you've got to have it in the right order. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us, by the washing of re- regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. Romans 4, 5. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. In other words, again, if you think you're you're earning your salvation, okay, him that worketh not doesn't mean that we don't work for God. But it's do you think you're working to earn your salvation? To him that worketh not, but believeth on him. That justifieth the ungodly. That implies faith. For you are saved by grace through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. That's another one. But he that believeth on him, that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. So somebody that believes that they're getting into heaven based on their good works, his faith will not be counted for righteousness. That's the opposite of that verse. Uh, I already said the next verse, Ephesians 2, 8, 9, uh, Acts four ten through 12. Be it known unto you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of the builders, which has become the head of the corner, meaning Jesus Christ. Neither is there salvation in any other. There's, there's no salvation in any other person that's ever lived on this planet other than Jesus Christ. For there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Doesn't work through Buddha or Krishna or Imam Mani or whatever. All those people, if they existed on this planet, are in the grave right now. Whereas Jesus Christ is at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, ever making intercession for the saints, our heavenly advocate. So, big difference. Anyway, Romans 10, 13-15. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. So that's something for all of us to contemplate and think about regarding our personal uh, ministries. Colossians one twenty three: if ye continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which ye have heard, meaning, these are things that you do not... You want to continue in the faith grounded in itself. You don't want to, you don't want to uh, you know, lose faith in these things. It's a matter... It, you, so much of this comes back to faith, I, I found, in the Bible. Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Revelation one five, And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us, and washed us from our sins, in his own blood and hath made us kings and priests unto God his Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord for that. Kings and priests. This is how uh, essentially we're viewed by the Lord. Romans 8, 16 and 17. In the spirit, capital S, itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, Amen. I mean, these are some praise the Lord. Kind of get you fired up, things to, to to really think about. I mean, we're not obviously we're not we're not in heaven yet, but these are these are verses that we can meditate on and, and uh, memorize and, and these types of things and, and uh, kind of to get our mind as well off all the the negativity that we're looking at here and the battles that, that we may be facing, but, uh, you can, you know, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthen me, you know, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Uh, God said, call upon me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things, which thou knowest not. I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Those are just four different verses that you can, you know, memorize. So anyway, that's all I have for today. And, um, We will go ahead and close this out in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day and this time you've given us. I pray you bless, Lord God, my listeners. In the body of Christ, Lord, um, I pray you forgive us, Lord, for any and all sins we've committed in any way, shape, or form, as we forgive those who have sinned against us, and that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart would be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. I do pray, God, that you prepare us for the times to come, Lord, for the deception that is building every day that you strengthen the body of Christ, Lord, that um, individually we are equipped to do whatever you've called us to do for your glory, Lord, and for the sake of the souls, Lord, that need to be saved by your actions through the body of Christ. I just pray, Lord God, um, that we be used mightily, Lord, in the days and times to come for your glory. And we ask all these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.